0: Good morning, Bucknuts. It is Sunday, May thirty first, twenty twenty. I am Dan Rubin. This is Bucknuts, almost live. Our sporadic weekend podcast. Thrilled with our guest today. It is Randy Wade, father of Sean Wade, leader of the Ohio State defense this year. Randy, thanks for joining us on a weekend.
1: Man, thanks, thanks for having me. I, I'm happy to be here and, and talk with you. As we were
0: talking before the show and figuring out how to attack this, I thought we'd just go chronologically because, as I was telling Randy, Sean has kind of been in the mix here with every major news story that affected the Buckeyes. What I'd like to do is start by taking you back to December 28th at the Fiesta Bowl. Mm. It was 16-0. Trevor Lawrence dropped back on third down. Your son came on a blitz, which they did not pick up. He crushed Trevor Lawrence. I know what was going through my mind when he made impact and that was, we just won this game. What was going through your mind when you saw that play and then take us through like the next 15 minutes. You don't have to spend 15 minutes, obviously. Of like, <laughs> take us all through that.
1: So, so we was in the, the back, the back end zone with, you know, family members and stuff like that. So we seen it hit and everybody just started celebrating. So as we're celebrating, you know, we can't hear anything. We can't hear anything. All you hear is roars and stuff going on. So somebody just, you know, just tapped us on the shoulder and, like, hey, they're they about to kick your son out of the game. We're like, nah, nah, nah. And it's hard to see it at that time because everybody's standing up or whatever, and we were waiting for the uh, the replay to come up. And for some reason, a lot of those plays that day that weren't, didn't go our way, a lot of those replays did not show back up unless the replay went up before we could see it. So. um it was – uh, it was fine. Me personally, I was fine. The, the uh, Some of his uncles that was there, they was like, uh, you know, sad because, you know, this was one of his most important games he ever played. And uh, I was like, but, you know, we still got a chance to win the game. I already knew he could have came back and played the next game if we would have won that game because it was in the first half. And uh, I, was, I was good. I was good. I mean, he, he – he made a good play before that, uh, tracking down a running back out the backfield. He was having a great game. I was just like, man, I, I can't wait to see the play again and see what what really happened.
0: Having had the chance to go back and watch it again, what'd you think of it?
1: Um, I thought I thought he, he lowered his head for a second. But if you look at every hit, you know, I I'm, I'm i make like highlight tapes, and I'm thinking about making a highlight tape of a lot of Sean hits. If you look at every hit he does, he has his head to the side, lowered for a second so he can put a hat on the ball and try to get the ball out. And just Trevor Lawrence just lowered – he lowered himself so far down. If he never would have stayed on the ground, I don't think the call would have been made. But um, because of the fact that he was on the ground, they want to protect quarterbacks, that's fine. The call was made. But uh, I thought it was a good hit. I thought it was was uh, one of the uh, best hits of of his life. I mean, it was very important because he he, he showed blitz and they still didn't pick it up, you know. So it, it was amazing. I was really
0: impressed. He didn't protest. He took his helmet off, congratulated his teammates, and hustled off. When you talk to him afterwards, what he say about it?
1: He he was the same as me. He you know he, he you know he always make plays, you know, third down, fourth down stuff like that. And uh, he didn't know he didn't know that he got kicked off until you know somebody stabbed him on the shoulder down there, and kind of looked up or whatever. But you know, um, at the end of the day, he you know you know he has. That's not his last game ever. And, and It's just a game. You know, at the end of the day, you got to support your teammates. And uh, I was pretty proud about that. A lot of people from back home in Jacksonville called me, texted me, and said the way he handled it versus the way a lot of other kids handled it, you can tell he got home training because at the end of the day, it's about your teammates. And I always tell them that, all my kids, it's always about your
0: teammates. He was faced with an interesting decision. Given his talent, he had the chance to go pro. But as I go back and look at Sean's career and time with Ohio State, He has done consistently what people did not think he was going to do. So when he committed to Ohio State, he's class of 2017, he committed in 2015. When a Florida kid commits to Ohio State that early, most people think, oh, here we go. This is going to be a whole drama scene. And at the end, he's not going to choose Ohio State anyway. Why are we doing this? And You've seen that happen. Being Mm -hmm. down there, I know you know that reputation. He stuck with it. Ironically, I went back and looked at his crystal ball. There were only four votes, all for Alabama. How'd that work out? So then he was redshirted his freshman year. And I remember people saying, oh, they just redshirted a Florida five star. There's no way he's going to stick it out. He's going to bail. He stuck it out. Mm-hmm. Um, then he wasn't starting on the edge. And they, they were using his versatility, and everyone was like, oh, he's, they're not putting him where he wants to go. They're making him play in the slot. He's going to bail. He didn't do that. Then you reach this other decision where he has a chance to go to the pros. I was 100% sure he was going to go. I've been covering recruiting for 25 years. And if you're going to be a first-round draft pick, you're going to go usually. But here's really the rule I use. I'm a draft geek. I have been forever. And I'm also a Dallas Cowboys fan. (laughs) If I want the guy to be starting in the secondary that year – I figured it's time for him to leave. And I'm just telling you, Sean would be starting for the Cowboys if he was on the team. Everyone knew we were going to lose Chase. Everyone knew we were going to lose Jeffrey Akuda. And Sean, six days after, I believe it was the fourth, announced he was coming back to school. Not only did it, you know, change his future, but it changed the outlook of the team. If you look at Ohio State with Sean on defense, they just look completely different than if you take him out. The secondary was going to be a great concern. Since Bradley Roby joined the team, every out-of-state kid who has started in the secondary at corner has been a first-round draft pick, and he could have been also. Now, Damon was the upset. I didn't expect him to go in the first round, but he did. Mm -hmm. Why is it that Sean keeps making these decisions long-term when everyone thinks he's going short-term? The mock drafts, by the way, if you look at them now, I've seen him ranked anywhere from second to Tenth, it looks like he's going to be fighting uh, Patrick Sertain another Floridian for top draft pick although mm-hmm. I want to make a note to the Cowboys here I saw a mock draft where they picked the corner from Stanford over Sean if that happens just talk to us about how you've made these decisions and then if you could culminate with why he's coming back to Ohio State
1: so to go back to the Alabama thing everybody thought he was going to Alabama because he's he's born he was born in Alabama so that was so he his a lot of his family from there and stuff like that. So everybody thought he was going there because his mom is a big Alabama fan. And, uh, tell you the truth, I mean, if he would have went to Alabama, he probably would have been in NFL by now. But that's that's here nor they. And that's not his story. That's not his storyline. You know, he loved the Buckeyes, loved Coach Combs, uh, Coach Hinton. Uh, he started being recruited because of a kid named Ben Edwards. He was a safety out of Trinity Christian and he was committed to Ohio State and he ended up trans, uh, going to, uh, Stanford, so that's how you know Ohio State really started seeing shine and stuff like that. So, you know, all that said and done, he's at Ohio State. Um, he got injured that first year, uh, that was the roughest time in his life. He never ever had to go a year without playing football. He had to adjust. Had, had to adjust. Had a lot of things going on. Uh, he adjusts. You know, uh, Urban and the coaches helped us through it, and we made it through. And then, you know, um, we always talked about from his high school coaches to us, to our friends, that you got to get on the field first. So let's take the five-star and all that stuff out of there. You got to do anything to get on the field. Um, one thing I wish he would have did was uh, he was a great offensive player in high school, and he had a chance to do kickoff returns. And uh, he, he, he wanted to focus on defense so bad that he gave away his, his option to do kick returns. And I, that was I Ohio that State? Thing. Yeah, that's at Ohio State. Okay. Was, yeah, he he stopped going to the meet, the kick return meetings and stuff. He kind of just wanted to get on the field at, at, at you know, as uh, special teams, not necessarily kick return, just special teams. Period. So you had that battle first. You you know, just being able to travel with the team to make you know the, the, the two deep and all that kind of stuff. That was his first battle, and um, and, you know, he got through it. And then it got to a point where uh, Urban Meyer, Coach Stamp, um, Coach Hinton. Coach Holmes wasn't there at the time. They all called me and told me that uh, Sean had, had been having the, his best practices of his life. Like, they always said that Sean's just so smooth, he acts like he doesn't strain through plays. So uh, they all noticed that, and then they had to get him on the field somewhere. So, you know, he made, they, 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 he made some great hits in practice, and he hit a kid like the first game of the – first or second game of the season, it was on a kickoff. 2018, and from that point on, they made sure that he was. uh, uh, Shiana was made sure that he was playing that slot position. They took uh, Arnett out of that, and they just had to have him on the field, you know. And just they they ended up putting him everywhere. He would he would practice safety for the whole week and play slot, or practice corner for the whole week and play safety, you know. Um, So that's that's great. And then uh, when it comes to the coming back situation, uh, myself and my wife, we wanted him to go. Because we knew he could be a first rounder. And you just don't, as a businessman, you just don't say, well, you know what? I won't take those millions of dollars right now. I'll take those millions of dollars next year. But Sean and our family, period, all of our kids, they're winners first. He won all four years in high school. He won in Pop Warner. He wanted to win a national championship. And he wanted a chance to be a leader. You know, right now, now he's the leader, he's the, he's the face, you know. So he really wants that. And then what broke me and my wife down is when he broke it to us on a, on a other business aspect. He said, if I go now at a late first round, second round position, I'll make this much money. But if I do what I need to do and Ohio State pushes me, like they are, like they are going to push me. I can wait out a year and triple, you know, quadruple that money, you know, and you know, we talking about millions. And so, and right now everything looks good. So, uh, we're proud of his decision, and we just just can't wait for the season and can't wait for the future.
0: How much consulting did you guys do with the NFL for that decision? Did you go to? There's a council I know that will that will give you a projected draft pick and stuff, and the university will help you along. Was there any of that done?
1: We did everything. Things we could talk about, things we can't talk about. We did everything to find out all the information we could, and um, we just really felt he he was a first rounder. And the only bad thing people would say is that he didn't play on the outside. Why? You know, why? He didn't play on the outside. He didn't play on the outside. And as a father coming to a, a, a top D one school, like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, I didn't even know you had to ask that type of question. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know that, you know, that was so, that, was a, that's a, that affects some people. I didn't want to see him on the outside. They want that shut down corner on the outside. But, you know, some people want that, that, that arm, arm, Swiss Army knife guy who can do everything, you know. So it, it's just interesting.
0: That's just where the, that's where the money is in, in the NFL. They want to be able to cut the field in half and give you the, the main guy. Mm-hmm. Sean just hasn't had that opportunity. One thing that was interesting, though, is Sean's one of the few guys who knew Kerry Combs before he went to the Titans. And then mm-hmm. Jeff Affley was there. Obviously, Jeff Affley did an excellent job, brought a lot of NFL vibes, and it, it clearly uh, Boston College waited very little time to hire him. What was that like? Did you know who the defensive backs coach was going to be? Did that bother Sean, that there was going to be some upheaval in the secondary from a coaching perspective?
1: Yeah, from a coaching perspective, it really bothered me. I mean, I, I'm a parent that's really outspoken, even though I know the situation, I know how things work. I, I want to say, you know, what I feel, and, and me and coach, coach Myers got into it uh, a couple times, and that was one of the biggest things when Coach Tom's left. Like, that really hurt us because he was the main reason why we came. And then um, the second-year coach uh, that's at the Raiders right now, Coach – I'm still of my tongue. It's a T. Um, the oh, second coach – Yeah, Tabor. You know, Tabor, we, we got a chance to know him. He was a different coach, you know. And then, you know, once he left, I was, you know, I was definitely pissed in, but – you know, at that time, you know, uh, Coach Myers was going through so much stuff. I just left everything alone and just left it in in the hands because by that time, Sean was getting ready to establish himself. So I just left it alone, and then we were just lucky, you know, to have, you know, everything get reinvented and 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 those guys show up in 2019 and do what they did. So it was it was crazy.
0: Sean hit it off with Coach Halfley pretty well.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely, he definitely did. Uh, I met him uh a couple times. Um, great guy. I hate hate, hate, again. I hate to see him leave, (laughs) you know. He had a lot of knowledge that he taught a lot of the kids, so uh, that was great for Sean. And you know, like I said, diverse, I mean, being having enough diverse, you know, coaches and stuff like that, that it does help because you got to adjust, and it's probably the same thing you have to do in the NFL. I'm thinking, but it's fair to say
0: Sean and and the Wade family was happy to see Coach Combs come back. I assume you guys are tight.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we good, we're tight, we're tight. I mean, we're good, tight. A little nervous about the season this year, you know, um, because the other secondary is so young, it's going to be a lot on Sean. You know, he's going he to have to still be, you know, know what everybody's doing and stuff like that. It's going to be like, it's not, it's not like he's going to just sit back on one side and just play. So, a little nervous about that. So, but, I mean, it is what it is.
0: We're going to take a quick break, be back, and talk about yeah. Sean Wade. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. You brought it up. The season ahead, who knows what's going to happen exactly. Let's assume now that everything comes off naturally and we just go ahead. It does look like Sean is going to step into the marquee role on the defense. I think that he is aided by the fact that he's the most recognizable name on the team now defensively. So nationally, when these guys pick up to write a story, first name that's going in there is Sean Wade. How do you think he's going to deal with the pressure? He's gone from being kind of the other talented guy to now being the man on defense. How do you think he'll adjust to playing on the edge? How do you think he'll adjust to being looked at as probably the primary leader on the defense? Edge
1: is edge is not an issue because you can do, you can't do that many There's so many moves you can do on the edge versus how many moves you can do in the middle. You know, um, you play a guy like um, like the the wide receiver from Purdue, uh, Rondell Moore. You know, it's so many things he can do in that middle. So many routes he can do on the edges. You got the sideline helping you. So and if if you remember how Sean got recruited, you know he was one of the number one DBs in the country. Uh, even though high school is nowhere near as a college, but he was always an outside guy. So that's going to make it easier for him, I think. I don't think that's going to be a problem. And then as far as being the face of the team and being, you know, the guy on the defense, that's what he wants. He he he's 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 always been a leader. Uh, always been a leader. But at the same time. To be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. So these last couple of years, he followed a lot of guys. Now he knows it's his time. He, he's ready to win. The other
0: guys in the secondary, what has Sean said to you in terms of his confidence level?
1: The first one that Sean talks about is the seven banks, period. You know, another Florida guy. Actually, his dad lives in Jacksonville. I didn't even know that until, like, a couple, couple games ago. Yeah, he, he says it's very smooth. He, he, he can do everything, you know, very smooth, and um, that he just has to stay consistent. You know, and that comes with reps to me, if you're telling me that. You know, and then he talks about Cam and uh, he talks about the safety, uh, Proctor, about how he can be a Swiss armor knife. He can move a couple different places. And uh, of course, Tyree's coming up and doing big things also.
0: I guess the question is going to be because if you look at him, he does have prototype size for the NFL. He's about, what, 6'2? Is mm-hmm. that fair to say? What, 205, I'd say? Is that
1: right? No, 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 no. About, about 190. you He's not as big as Jeff. Jeff, a little bit bigger like what, 198,
0: something like that. Yeah, but once he starts paying taxes, he's going to be 205, you'll a little <laughs> body type. Yeah. Uh, question is going to be it's going to be how fast he runs the 40 cuz that's so big on the edge. Now, mm-hmm. it didn't affect Damon Arnett as much. He didn't I think he ran uh 4.5. They'd like to see you below 4.5. Realistically, what do you think he will run at the combine?
1: I don't know. What I need to do is I have a picture of all the numbers people ran at uh at Ohio State. It's like Sean ran like a four three something at Ohio State, house, 3 four three seven or something like that. So I need to take the, the numbers that people ran at Ohio house state on the on the little board they have and compare it to the combine number and kind of make my decision from there. But
0: um Well if he runs four three seven at the combine, this it's not even a worthy it's that won't even matter. That's fast enough to run on four by one team in some Olympics. So we don't have to worry yeah. about
1: that. My my dream my dream is and that's not Sean's dream, but my dream is that he don't even have he just go to the combine, just do the testing in the medical. And maybe do the run. Don't do nothing else. man. Because the combine is kind of a glorified – it should be a very honorable thing, but now it's kind of a glorified thing that's kind of just something that people do. And, like, my thing is I like what Chase Young said about why, why prepare for the combine when I need to be preparing for the NFL. That's where your, where your money going to come in.
0: You know, so it's turning into a media event. Really, the the point of the combine is to get all the doctors in one place so they can just check your medicals and basically do a bunch of interviews. So, as long as he's healthy, he should be in good shape. As we look at these mock drafts, the guy who gets picked in that spot gets a ton of money. What is that like to sit and watch and to know that your family's about to come into generational wealth? Very few people get a chance to experience that. Is mm-hmm. it nerve wracking? Do you lose sleep over it? Or is it just you spend your days picking out uh, Lamborghini color types?
1: <laughs> no, nah, let, uh, let me rewind back before you said it. The, the most important thing, first of all, and I, I have a podcast called Daddy's Ball Podcast that I have, and I, I talk about different things that parents and kids and athletes and pros and all this stuff go through to help the younger generation. So what people don't understand, the first reason why you want to be the number one rated the number one corner in the nation is because it affects your insurance. So if Sean goes into this year and he's rated the number one corner in the nation, he can get the top insurance out there for for the number one corner. They have insurance slots for all that kind of stuff. So, like, that's a big thing. So, that, so before you even talk about anything else, that's a big thing.
0: For people who you know? don't know what that means, that means that because Sean is going to be so highly drafted, everybody knows that, you know, mm-hmm. the family of Sean can take out an insurance policy. There used to be a place called Lloyd's of London that used to do this for huge money. So, the idea of him coming back, if he does happen to suffer some kind of unfortunate injury, he'll be at least insulated by this insurance policy.
1: And only the yep. really
0: elite players who are guaranteed pros get the kind of money you're talking about. I just want to make a clarification for that because so people would understand. Yep.
1: That. Yeah, number three might not even get it. You know what I'm saying? It's not like it used to be. Like, it's not like it used to be. Even for the CB or CB1, it's not like it used to be. But talking about the money, uh, I'm on the opposite side of that, man. I've been I've been looking into, uh, especially dealing with agents and stuff like that, and looking into families. There's so many families that break up because of this money, especially dads and sons. Because you gotta think, you know, you've been pushing your son, mentoring your son, making decisions for your son, all the way from pop Warner to to, to um to college, and now the kids go from college to the pros, and you have a million people calling you trying to manage your money a million people calling you trying to market you a million people calling you trying to be your agent and the first thing they want to do is be a wedge between the parents and the uh player and i can name names i mean of people that don't even talk to their parents because of the money and the pressure and all that kind of stuff so my biggest thing is to keep communication with him and keep our family together you know what I'm saying? So it's not glorified like you think. Yeah, it's glorified. You get your cars and all this kind of stuff. But a lot of families break up because of that money.
0: Has Sean got a lot of people in his oh, ear? Uh, do they know in the Wade family it's gotta go through Randy or
1: Yeah, me and my wife, he already knows it because he, he wanna he wanna win a championship. So anybody who I, I gave him a cross here a long time ago. Anybody who calls him, checks him or whatever, if if they talk a certain kind of way, if they look a certain kind of way, look them up on the internet, if they look a certain kind of way and not they're not professional or whatever, don't even give them my number. But if they if they meet these check marks, give them my number and I'll talk to them. We did that, we did that all mostly last year because we thought he was going. So we pretty much got everything cut down now.
0: A lot of the guys he's hung out with are now in the pros. At Ohio State, you talked about needing to know about what's going to happen next. Is there help for you as a family to know what's coming next? Is there a community aspect to that? Is everyone coming yeah, we did. to
1: lottery lottery wealth together? Yeah, we, we talked to a lot of families. Even we got real close with a lot of people who – because the funny thing is, Sean and his class, you know, all, a lot of those elite skill players in his class, they've been knowing each other since, like, the seventh grade. You know, we went to a uh, Deion Sanders camp together. We went to different, you know, rivals camps you know, together. So, like, they've been knowing each other for a long time. You know, uh, Sean and Akuda met at uh, Deion Sanders' camp. They, they was, like, 14, 15, something like that. You know, so and they've been knowing crazy, each other for
0: a long time. What's crazy is you said Sean was the number two corner coming out. I looked it up. Jeffrey was number one. So those guys have done pretty well for themselves.
1: Definitely. And we they've they been – well, on our side, They've been, we've been competing with Jeff for a long time. If it wasn't for that one, that one um uh, company, you had you got two, four, seven, you got rivals, ESPN, and you had another one. Scout. That, 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 scout, see, scout, scout ranked Sean like thirtieth or something. It's some no, I'm talking about like in the position they had ranked them like maybe eighth or ninth or something, tenth or something like that. And They ranked them like thirty, forty in the country or whatever. They don't want to mess them up because we was competing. Just like I remind said, we can get about everything. <laughs> we compete about everything. So they they knew each other for a long time and. Uh, it's crazy. It's a picture with Jeff Williamson and uh, Pryor. They was all together a long time ago. They didn't even know they was going to Ohio State. You know, it's it's, it's crazy to see stuff like that. They look back and see that. A couple of years from now,
0: they can be sitting on their yacht in the Caribbean talking about it, which is much funner than talking over a Zoom call. <laughs> <in> <laughs> I in Ohio. I can tell you that much right now. Can you just give everybody an idea of what it's been like for you as a, as a family to oversee Sean during this crazy time? Um, was he at home the whole time? How did he work out?
1: Uh, it's 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 not hard because he he knows what he needs to do. Uh, I just got to help him out with the getting ready for the next level side because it's a lot of things that we've done for him that he has to learn how to do for himself, and he has to learn how to judge character better because everybody always acts like they love you because you have something. And he has to learn how to judge character better and get, just get ready for the next level. But as far as working out and all that kind of stuff, it was great having all my kids back together. You know, my other son is getting ready to go to Chicago to uh, Olivet Nazarene University. So he's getting ready to So they'll all be gone, you know, after this summer. So, and then my daughter, she's uh, a junior in high school. So it was good to have them together, see them arguing, you know, back and forth, stuff like that. Now, that was very, very cool to uh, to have. But I did have a story I wanted to tell you though. I I, I so I, I had a story I wanted to tell you. So it's about Coach Harbaugh. Coach Coach Harbaugh came down to uh Ohio, I mean to Jacksonville at Trinity Christian to have a camp with and he brought his whole coaching staff. I remember. Was really trying, he was really trying to steal Sean from uh, Ohio State. And uh actually me every I got into an argument about that. But anyway, so uh I was always cool with uh, Coach Harbaugh. Like, even after Sean went to Ohio State, because, like, I, I, I'm i the kind of person because I have a podcast, I, I try to help other kids out, yeah. try to, you know. Don't want to burn those bridges. Yeah, don't want to burn those bridges. So, during the recruiting cycle, I made sure every school Sean went to, I met somebody that I mean, had similar, you know, uh, relationships like me and, you know, that I could talk to and stuff like that. So, I always got people I can call to help kids out. And so, Coach Harbaugh used to answer my phone all the time. We just had conversations, and stuff like that. Hey, Mr. Wade, stuff like that. You know, for a while, until the 2018 Michigan game. You know, when Sean hit hit the um, the tight end and he kind of looked at him. He actually looked at Coach Harbaugh. So um, it was kind of I was like, Sean, why are you look at him like that? You know, he was saying it was just in the moment and stuff like that. And uh, now I can't I can't even talk to Coach no more, man. I have to talk talk to him through other people, man. I'm like Sean, man, you tripping, man. Tripping bad, man. So I was, um, that was a big thing. But Coach, I did want to say this, man. A lot of people think Coach Harbaugh is, is a bad dude. Man, he's a really, really good guy. Really good guy.
0: I think that tight end that he hit, he's number 87, is in camp with the Cowboys. And I'm already like, nah, I don't know about this dude.
1: For um, real? <laughs> oh, that's interesting.
0: The one thing I think that's going to come up is, let's say things don't go well with Coronavirus and the games are, are affected. Sean will have the opportunity to go into the supplemental draft. I don't know if a lot of people know what that is. It's usually for kids that actually academically or have some other issue where they miss their shot at the draft and it comes back up. Very few people enter it. I think last year, and if I could be wrong, only a few guys got selected. Basically, what happens is a team can opt to use their draft pick for the year ahead on the player, and it's just very rare that it happens. However, This is a unique situation. There's never been a coronavirus issue affecting the season. Mm -hmm. And Sean is the type of player that I do honestly believe, and I hate to say this, Buckeye Nation, if he made himself available, I'm pretty sure one of those teams would gamble with a very, very high draft pick. What is your vibe on that? If the season does get taken away or affected, is that something you guys would consider seriously?
1: Yeah, we we already talked about it, and uh, we definitely would uh, because – it, 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 it would start the clock early. Starting the clock early will be everything, you know. Uh, that's one thing about uh, positions in the NFL. You're only good to a certain age and you can think about college all you want to, but you know, at a certain age, the NFL people are not going to pay you that much. So it's something yeah. we'll definitely think about. But I will say this. I hate to bring up the protests, but the protests will actually help college football because a lot of people were in big groups together. And within the next couple of weeks, we're going to see if if that affects the numbers of the coronavirus. So that will be some evidence to say, you know, well, we can have bigger crowds and, and things not go up. So I know it's too early to kind of, so the next two weeks evaluating people will be, will be a big thing. And that's gonna help yay and nay the crowds of, of college football and, and college. Cause you got to think in college you walk around each other like that also.
0: You'd be comfortable going sitting back in the
1: parents section at the shoe? Oh, all day long. I would enjoy it. I'm going back and forth between both of my sons' games, and uh, and just loving it because I mean this time is going to end one day, you know. And I've been, you know, a, a father cheering them on since they was five year old, five years old playing football. So like, I can't wait. I can't wait. We really appreciate
0: Randy making the time for today. He did bring it up, and I want to do it again. He has a tremendous podcast of his own. Daddy's Ball is great stuff. And like you've heard from this time, he's very insightful. And there are a lot of parents who will not let you know the straight skinny on stuff. And I think you've yeah. seen, learned from this podcast, at least if you didn't know Randy, that he not only has a very talented son that we are very thankful he landed in Columbus. But I think he offered some insight today on certain things that, that allow people to see a little bit more about the athlete. We hope everybody enjoyed it. Let's just hope everything gets worked out with the season. And as far as the protests, everybody else, people, let's just all live by the golden rule. How about that? Have a good one, Buckwaters. All
1: right, thanks, Dan.